0: Hey everybody! Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Saber Talk podcast. This is Mark Ice and Josh Eppinger, and we're going to be discussing the three games from this week. So the game against the Red Wings on Monday, and then against the Penguins on Tuesday, and then last night's very fun affair against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, the Detroit game on Monday that was a uh, not the most exciting affair. The Sabres ended up pulling out the win 2-1, to one, but not a lot of offense for either team. Um, decent number of shots, but I think that overstated how much offense there was in this game. But Eichel scored in the first period. Matt Molson scored his 14th of the year in the second period. And uh, Tatar ended up scoring later on in the second period, but no goals in the third period. The Sabres were able to hold on. Robin Leonard got another win in net with uh, 34 saves on 35 shots. So the next night, Sabers turned around, played against the the Penguins, and uh, ended up losing three to one in this one. The uh, Sabers actually played, I think, pretty well in this game. This was this was another game that wasn't really wasn't really exciting to watch. wasn't a lot of up and down. The Sabers did take quite a few penalties. Ristolainen's penalty hurt them, of course. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little more, but. Uh, they still ended up losing three to one. Just really couldn't put the puck in the net, but they did pretty well possession wise in this game. Robin Leonard ended up getting the loss in net with uh, 31 saves on 34 shots. Sidney Crosby, our favorite, he scored in the first period. Sam Reinhart responded early on in the third period, but then the Penguins scored two goals later on. Nick Bonino and Connor Sheary scored. Sheary also assisted on that on that Crosby goal r- earlier on. Uh we'll probably talk about there was a notable incident with Sidney Crosby hitting O'Reilly where it really hurts. And also, like I said, we'll talk about the wrist the in hit and subsequent three-game suspension. So the Sabres had a few games off, or a few days off. Came Saturday night, hockey night in Canada last night in Buffalo. Toronto came down the QEW to play. And Sabres turned in... Could have been possibly their best game of the season. I think the shot differential is only thirty-eight, thirty-four in favor of the Sabers, but I think that understates how much the Sabers really dictated play, and the possession numbers kind of lead you to that conclusion that it was more lopsided than that shot differential would indicate. Sabers came out. Ryan O'Reilly scored early on with a nice no look pat or on a no- nice no look pass from Tyler Ennis. Connor Brown came back, scored for the scored for the Leafs about a minute and a half later, and then Evander Kane came back and scored about 15 to 30 seconds later, something like that, got his 26th of the year. Uh, Austin Matthews came out, scored early on in the second period, and then Eichel responded once again in like 15 to 30 seconds after that with his 22nd of the year. Kulikov Ooh. scored a few minutes later, also in the second period, and then Eichel scored his second of the game later on in the second period. So there's no scoring in the third period. Sabres were able to hold on and it's just a lot of fun. This I'm sure we'll be talking about this mostly because we haven't had a lot of positive things to talk about recently. But yeah. this we can definitely draw a lot of positives from this. So
1: Yeah, that's I where agree, the Sabres Mark.
0: stand now and uh, they're still far out of the playoff race. Kinda we're evaluating young players, players for next year at this point and seeing where they, they end up drafting.
1: Yeah, it was nice seeing uh seeing how seeing those guys really go out there and uh try to prove themselves last night against uh the team that's sitting in third place in the conference uh in the in the, the division right now. Um I want to take us back to um Monday night's game Mark uh game I'm sure that was watched uh in your household pretty uh pretty closely between you and your wife there. Uh, yep. Those who don't know, Mark's wife Nadia is a Red Wings fan, so uh, I'm sure it's an, uh, an interesting game to watch in the Geist household. Um, but the commentators, man, I just want to go, and uh, being on Hockey Night on NBCSN, uh, they really just, I mean, these are two of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference right now, so there's not a whole bunch to talk about, but, all they really talked about the entire time was Jack Eichel and his play of late. Uh, pretty refreshing seeing, seeing him get some more love from the national media. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's one of the things that hockey hasn't done a great job of is, I think, marketing its superstars. And I think Eichel is a superstar in one of the top American markets. I know not top in terms of size, but in terms of the the ratings that Buffalo turns out consistently for national TV they really should be marketing Eichel, and I think he is. He along with with Matthews, they're the two next big American players, and I think he will be instrumental in continuing continuing to grow the game in the United States. So yeah, there was a lot of Eichel love. I mean, a lot of pro Saber talk in general. We're not really used to hearing from that from an or hearing that from a national audience. You would think this is a playoff team the way that they were talking about the Sabers.
1: Yeah, and you know they. They said, you know, they said, I don't remember if it was Ray Emmerich or who it was that said it. But he said, you know, Sabres fans, don't get discouraged. Uh, you know, seeing Toronto cross the across the border uh, proving himself and being a little ahead of you guys in the rebuild. You guys are going to be just fine where you're at. Uh, so, I mean, encouraging words from a natural, uh, national broadcaster, however you want to take that. But, um, it's been a... It's, it's been very, uh, nice to, you know, see, see Eichel really on the rise of lately. You know, I think he's, uh, t- tied with, um, Van, uh, Patrick Kane in points after the all-star break right now in second place. Uh, yep. you know, big, big night for him. Uh, the, the other, uh, the other thing is too that, uh, you know, he had two goal. Eichel had two goals last night, uh. And an interesting stat came across me today. Uh, Jack Eichel now has twenty seven career multi point games with the Sabres and the Sabres are twenty one, five and one in those games. And uh, and that's a you know that shows how much this guy means to your team. You know. We you talked to, you know, the big the two big American stars, Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel. Um, you know, let's throw let's throw um, the phenom Sydney Crosby not Sidney Crosby, um you know, the guy that played over in Erie, Pat, um Connor McDavid you know, yeah, Connor McDavid. You ever heard of him? <laughs> um I, you know, not a lot of people have heard his name yet. you know, just keep an eye on that kid. But uh you you look at those three guys and you say marketing your pla your your best player uh marketing your best players, um uh, I think Jack Eichel's a very remarkable young man. Uh who's more outspoken in all those three and uh, those three generational players that come. It, it's easily Jack Eichel, you know. McDavid's a quiet, pretty quiet dude, and so is uh Matthews by the looks. By the looks of it, I mean he he's been marketed more, definitely. You know, playing in a market as big as a Toronto, and uh, being in Canada. But I think you know you you want someone loud and cocky, and that that's Jack Eichel to to a T.
0: Yeah, I agree, and that was one of the things I said. I remember back when the Sabers lost the lottery, and of course. We all wanted Connor McDavid. We knew that Jack Eichel was a fantastic consolation prize. That's why it was a good position for the Sabers to be in. But one of the reasons why I thought, hey, you know, maybe this will be more fun, is because McDavid is so polished and you know, polished to the extremes of being boring. You know, he doesn't give good interviews. Doesn't really say anything that anybody could construe as being controversial. Crosby's very similar to, um, and then Austin Matthews is is similar. As well, but Eichel is willing to say things that maybe other guys won't, and he has more personality out on the ice. I think, and uh, that was one of the one of the reasons why I was excited for Eichel. One of the, you could call it rationalization, maybe after the Sabers lost that lottery, but I think uh, I think that that's proven true.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree. If you, I would absolutely agree with you. And um, for those who didn't get to see the Toronto game last night, uh, one of the one. Probably the most fun I had watching the game for a single moment was on Jack Eichel's second goal. Austin Matthews is on him, and uh, Eichel comes up, and Matthews is kind of playing him a little, off, playing off of him a little bit, and uh, Eichel gives Eichel some time, and he he takes his time and uh, finds uh, Toronto's netminder uh, five-hole for the second goal, and turns around looks at two uh, kids there wearing, uh, well, no, I shouldn't say kids, the guys about our age, and uh, sitting there, and they're both wearing uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews jerseys, and Eichel just slams the glass in front of them and starts yelling and turns around and celebrates with um, his teammates. Uh, pretty awesome moment right there. Just shows uh, shows you that, hey, this guy cares about this, you know, playing against Toronto. I mean, this is this goes way back to, uh, you know, Max Domi and Rob Ray, and this is a tradition that us Sabres fans love is beating the Maple Leafs when we do. <laughs> so um, if you've been a listener to this podcast, you, you know how I feel about the Maple Leafs. You know how Mark feels about it. So it's nice to see Jack feel about the same.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the big overarching theme of this entire season, if you could, if you had to – bring it down to one story it would be this has become jack eichel's team the sabers are eichel's team and it's taken a little while to get there it's progressed but this is his team and now he he thinks of that arena is my house and i see all these toronto fans coming down and invading my house and my fans aren't being quite as vocal um is that from your end or my end?
1: That is from my end. That is the Westfield okay. Police uh, fire department uh, whistle. So. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I didn't know what that yeah. was.
0: I wanted to make yeah. sure my computer wasn't giving me some sort of warning sign. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so, yeah, I think he's he's feeling now that this is my team and the Toronto fans are coming down and invading the same way that we feel when the Toronto fans come down. And he's, he was expressing his frustration there. Uh. And that was really cool to see. I laughed really hard when it happened, and I thought it was awesome because there was that huge Toronto group right along the boards. That's where Connor Brown scored, and he went right over to that group and did the same thing, celebrated right in front of him. And Eichel was giving it right back to him. So yeah, that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and an ode to the Maple Leafs fans. There, uh, don't mess. Don't you know? This is something that's been going on for years, and of course, you know, I. Uh, Buffalo media was making a pretty big deal before the game saying, oh, man, there's more Toronto fans here than Sabres fans probably tonight. Well, look at the standings. Look at where we're at. And uh, it shouldn't surprise you. It's about 50-50 every game. And, you know, there's Buffalo fans. Like you said, there's Buffalo fans that drive out to Toronto, our Buffalo fans that live in Toronto that go to the games up there too. So I don't want Sabres fans to be discouraged by, you know, Toronto – Coming in and taking over this, taking over our stadium last night a little bit, but Jack Eichel didn't have, wouldn't really let them have a good night anyway. So they had to wait three hours to get over the Peace Bridge and uh, anger, and us Buffalonians got to stay home and go down to Chippewa Street and have a few drinks. So
0: yeah, yeah, I. I think it's always going to be a reality. You talk about it's been like that forever, where it's typically at least 50-50. It looked like this game was more than 50-50 in favor of Toronto, but you've got one team, they're out of it, the Sabres, Mm -hmm. and you have another team that's in the middle of a playoff race where every game is very important. So it makes sense that it would be skewed more toward Toronto. So I don't think there is anything out of the ordinary about that or that Buffalo fans should be ashamed of that because I, I I didn't look at the ticket prices beforehand or anything, but I'm sure that they got driven up pretty high. And I'd be tempted to sell my ticket for a nice profit too if I was a season ticket holder. Um, and it makes for a cool atmosphere. It makes for things like that to happen. If the Toronto fans weren't coming down, you wouldn't have had that show of emotion from Jack Eichel and you wouldn't have had kind of the, the swings of emotion back and forth. And it's cool seeing all the Toronto fans be gone at the end of that game and just the Sabres fans remaining. So try to look at the positives, I guess, from that situation.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, so we got Eichel scoring twice. I was really hoping that he was going to be uh, hitting a hat trick on an open net or something towards Would've the end awesome. game. Would have been awesome. Yeah, or, you know, with like a goalie, and I don't care. Either way, he hasn't had one yet, so I was really hoping for that. Yeah. Um, Vander Kane made a pretty good play in front of the net. Um, Zach Bogosian put it on net, and Vander Kane knocks it in easy to take the lead back. I mean, there was a lot of scoring in that first. Uh, you know, three goals in the first period, four goals in the second. Uh, I really thought Eichel's first uh, hat trick was coming last night. I was getting pumped up for it, but uh, I didn't want to. I didn't say it out loud. It's kind of like when a pitcher's going on for a no you... you, you. You just kind of try not to bring it up. I'm a very superstitious person. Uh, you know, I thought about texting you and saying, hey, you know, Eichel might be able to get the trick, but I'm like, ah, I'm not jinxing him. Can't do it. <laughs> um, but One of the um,
0: things I thought that stood out most, I wasn't interrupting your point, right? Uh, no, no, you're good. Okay, I was going say about Eichel's game yesterday. Obviously, his two goals stood out quite a bit, but was him getting the matchup against the Matthews line? against the Matthews Neilander line and he actually had more defensive zone starts than any other forward yesterday and he's still not good at faceoffs and I don't know if he ever will be good at faceoffs but he's being trusted now against you could probably call that Toronto's top offensive line most dangerous offensive line yeah uh, so I thought that that showed a lot of trust that Bilesma had in Eichel and something that probably a position he would not have been put in earlier this year so I think we're seeing his development, too, as a defensive player, and you're seeing him make more of an impact on the back check. I think we talked about that in our last podcast, mm-hmm. um, and it shows it's translating now into the role he's playing.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've seen it for a little while now, too, but he was really dishing that puck out again last night, too. Uh, made a beautiful pa- saucer pass to Evander Kane from the net that uh, was well-read by the goaltender, but uh, he's, you know, he's he's really he's really on one right now. He You know, it's... Through all, through, uh, watching this, uh, ship sink for the season, not the whole organization, but just the season ship, um, this has been, uh, it, this has been nice to watch. It's been, uh, being, it's been able to make the games more doable to watch. Uh, it's been pretty nice. Um, I, I absolutely agree. He's been, he's been better, uh, defensively getting the puck out of the zone and, uh, he he has been trusted. Him and Matthews were uh, really battling, you know, the whole up and down the ice all game last night. Uh, it's uh, it's fun to watch this generate. This is the first time we've got to see this in Buffalo. I'm pretty sure, uh, Eichel Matthews. I was really excited for in the beginning of the season, but uh, Eichel's injury held them out of that uh, first match. But uh, we got to, we get to watch this four ga- at least four games a year for. A pretty long time it's uh exciting it'll be a very exciting story
0: definitely and imagine when there's a playoff series between these two teams it'll be a whole lot of fun hasn't happened in a long time i don't think since is it in 99 was that the last time that they faced the leafs in the playoffs
1: Could very well be i
0: think it would they definitely faced off in the year the the sabers went to the cup finals but i'm not sure if they may have played again a couple years later
1: Maybe, but I, don't, I I can't remember it. So you could be right. Um, uh, but yeah, the, I mean, you get you got to think it's it's bound to happen. Both these teams are uh, with with some of the young talent these both these teams have. It it's bound to happen sooner or later, but definitely not this season.
0: Yep, yep. I still think I'm I'm jealous of Toronto, though. I think Frederick Anderson potentially being hurt here. They, they, I still haven't seen any details about what happened with him. They didn't really know anything yesterday. That would be a huge loss. They'd have to be going into the playoffs with Curtis McIlhenny and Garrett Sparks as their goaltenders, and can't really see a team going too far with, uh, with, with those two guys in net.
1: Do they still have a? Do they still have Jonas
0: Enroth somewhere? I think he is in the organization. <laughs> Let's see. I will. I'll search that real quick. Oh, no, he's with the Ducks now. So I don't know. I don't know what the move was. Let's see. Oh, he was waived, and then he cleared. Then he was traded for a seventh-round pick in January. Okay. And that was after they claimed McElhenney on waivers.
1: Well, okay. and, and here's the deal, too. Um, you know, the Bruins, the, uh, the Leafs have a game up over the Bruins, so the Bruins have 7 games left, the Leafs have 8, and uh the Bruins could uh come back and get that third spot. So I don't I don't know if they play each other again or if that last game was their last of the I the, think that was their last game. I think that okay. was their
0: fourth and last game of the season series.
1: But you you got to think that um you got to think that, you know, the Islanders are right there with them too, so You know, at eighty-two points, so there's still, you know, there's still, there's still a chance that uh, the Maple Leafs don't make it in. I think they will, but I'm still gonna hope they don't.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, it's definitely not over yet. I would, you know, I'd be willing to bet the house that they will make it. Yeah, yeah. um, I'm trying to look. I'm going and looking at our trusty site for chances to make it. Seventy-eight percent chance of making it. As yeah. of now, according to sports sport club stats, uh, Carolina's kind of climbed their way back into the mix. I don't think they're going to make it, but they've had a pretty nice little run here. Florida's fallen back.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. i I don't see I don't see Florida being around. Uh, yeah, but uh, enough about those uh, other goddamn teams chasing playoff spots. And we're sitting down low. Um. Let's uh let's talk about um Rasmus Ristolainen here. Um, a pretty controversial call, uh, as most fans know, Ristolainen was ejected out of the game Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Penguins after uh, knocking someone down while not being with his back turned to him at the blue line. Uh, incidental hit, I think, for sure. But uh, this resulted in a. Uh, ejection and a three-game suspension. Uh, what do you think about this, Mark?
0: I did think he was going to get suspended. Um, I don't think it was malicious. I I know that happens, and it Gergensen's kind of came out of nowhere to tip that puck, and Ristolainen had already committed to to hitting Sheary there, uh, but, or no, it wasn't Sheary. Who, no. who who was it that he hit? It was uh. uh one sec. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name.
1: Uh, on Gensel, Gensel, oh, Jake oh, Gensel. Gensel. That's yeah, right. Okay.
0: Another one of their random guys that comes in and plays great, um, play next to Crosby. But, yeah, Gensel has his has his head turned, and Rissalayan didn't leave his feet, didn't take strides didn't hit him in the head. That's what everybody kept saying, that he hit him in the head. But he wasn't suspended for a hit to the head. He was suspended for interference. But you don't see too many guys getting suspended for interference, especially three games for interference. So, I don't know. I thought the punishment was a, was a little bit excessive. Would, would I was
1: kind of, you know, I wasn't as, as surprised about the – I think it's excessive. I wasn't surprised about him getting suspended. I was – more surprised that he was thrown out of the game, to be honest if you. Um yep. you know kinda kinda of left his feet, but I mean how do you even determine, you know, when his back's turned to the guy when he runs into him, you know? If he's leaving his feet or not. But for him to get took an out just like that, I was a I was very surprised. Um I mean, we got um Matthew Chichuk uh Elbowing Drew Doughty in the in the face and not even getting a and they're not even getting a call but getting suspended for two games later and Ristolainen gets uh, three games it it just shows you kind of the lackluster uh, consistency of calling things in the NHL
0: yeah and you and I have railed against that on this podcast multiple times just about the inconsistency overall it's the in game consistency and that's the point you're making there where. Ristolainen gets kicked out for interfering with somebody. I mean, even if it is interference, and you give him a a five minute major, which even that's rare. I mean, how many five minute major interference penalties have you ever seen in your whole life watching hockey? Yeah, but much. And then they also get kicked out of the game. It was, I think the whole thing was a little excessive.
1: You know, and uh, you know, and that wasn't even the dirtiest thing you've seen in that game when you really think about it uh you brought it up earlier um Crosby coming up and uh slapping one of the nicest guys on the Sabres team really you know plays the game perfectly and Ryan O'Reilly gets slapped it got his uh his his twig got slapped with uh Sidney Crosby's stick there and uh he hit the ground hit the ice um a lot of Sabres fans were in an raw, raw about that uh Crosby is quite the controversial player in this game, and has been this week after the, the 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 slash on uh, Ottawa's defenseman there. Uh, yeah, Mark Mathot. Yeah, Mark Mathot, and uh, looking like he uh, knocked off some of his uh, finger there after taking off his uh, taking off his glove. But I gotta say, how beautiful, and how how beautiful of a move was Crosby shovel shot on Robin Leonard.
0: It was pretty incredible. You got to you gotta respect Crosby for how great he is, and uh, I dislike him as much as the next person, especially when thinking that the Sabres had equal chances as the Penguins getting the number one overall pick in that draft when Crosby came out. And the Penguins ended up with the number one pick in Sidney Crosby, and the Sabres ended up with the 13th overall pick and Merrick Zagrapan, who never once played in an NHL game for the Sabres. So, it goes back to then just hating the whole process of them getting Crosby and the Sabres getting nothing out of that draft. Uh that post lockout draft, but um that goal was incredible. The the risk the wrist strength, the hand strength to be able to do that. That's it's special and it's something that you've really got to respect. That's why he's fun to watch play no matter how much you you dislike him. He's a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I was uh I was really uh I was really freaking out about that goal, and just like you said, I am not a Crosby guy. Whatever I, this year, I have been trying to be so generous to the guy. I'm like, all right, he's a re- he's he's the be- He's one of the best ever, and he clearly is. Um, so I've been kind of like you know following him and all the scoring this year and everything. I've been kind of been more in fan of him, and then and then he hits Ryan O'Reilly in between the legs, and I'm like, no. I I I try to like you. I'm try I've tried my hardest, and I just can't seem to. I can't seem to do it. I just you know it's I can't I can't do it. And you know, you know, being a hockey fan, you gotta respect the guy. But it's hard to respect a guy that does that would do that to a guy like Ryan O'Reilly.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. That's the kind of stuff that I would love to see the NHL actually try to get out of the game. I listened to a long segment. I don't know if you listen to their show at all, but I listen to it in the morning sometimes when I'm getting ready for work or you know, sometimes if I'm able to listen to the radio at work. But Jeremy White and Howard Simon, and they were yeah. talking about this, this incident, and they said, oh, this is stuff you're never going to get out of the game. You know, It's part of hockey, and it's always going to be there. But if I look at a willful slash to somebody's groin, that's something that you can't get out of the game when it's caught on camera. I mean, I think that's something it shows. It, it, there's intent there, and it doesn't add anything to the game. I would much rather have that taken out rather than all these split-second hits. Things like the wrist and hit, where that happens so fast, the game's moving so fast that was not intentional on wrist alignment's part. He'd already committed, and by the time you've committed, there's nothing you can do you're never going to take that completely out of the game no matter what you do even if you suspended those those hits for 20 games they're still going to happen just because of how fast the game is but you can get rid of guys hitting people in the groin or you know whatever other whatever you want to encompass into that into that category i think you can get rid of that kind of stuff all the stick work what are your opinions on that i don't i don't think we've yeah. ever talked about that
1: yeah you know you know all, all the dirty slashes too, and you you know that you know that to chuck on Dowdy that was that was bad. You know it brings you back to you know I brought it up a couple weeks ago is uh, Gustav Nyquist uh, to um, Jared Spurgeon. You know those th- these are dangerous plays. Th- these are full intent to hurt. And I know Crosby said uh, the Ryan O'Reilly supposedly later. Uh, a few moments later on, sorry I didn't mean to do that. How do you not mean to do that? The puck wasn't even coming at him at that point, and he's sitting in front of the net and it'd be one thing to try to get his st- lift his stick up from behind him, but you don't lift someone's stick up on- between their legs. Have you ever seen that before?
0: No, it's impossible yeah. too. I mean your yeah. stick isn't long enough to be able to do that. I Yeah.
1: Your center of grip. I don't believe right it there.
0: for for a second.
1: And you know it, you know now, if if this was, if this was, um, you know, someone that had it coming, I I understand. You know, if it was Yakar Rutu or you know, who's a freaking joke, by the way, but um, <laughs> quoted but, um, Adam
0: Mayer, yep, one of our favorite videos.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, if it's if it, or Chris Neal or someone, you know, it's a dirty uh, a player that's known to get. Hey, you might have had something coming to you, and I understand that. I don't think I've ever seen Ryan O'Reilly do one dirty thing since he's had a Sabres uniform on. I can't speak for everything in Colorado because I didn't see all those games. But if you have it coming, you have it coming, and that's how I feel about it. So if if, if the league missed something, like let's, let's, flashback to, um, let's flashback a few weeks ago when – um. Again, Malkin and Blake Wheeler uh, dropped the gloves and fought. That's uh, you know, Malkin uh, Malkin hit Wheeler high. That was his opinion. And the next time they played each other, they dropped the gloves, punched each other, and shook hands after the game, after the fight. You know, they fought a little bit. Not a, the most epic fight ever, but they 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 did it on the ice. They shook hands. The beef is squashed. It is squash beef of uh, a, a vegetable and uh meat. Come on, squash <laughs> beef. We need we, we need this is, you know, and I have no problem so my where I'm getting at is we I have no problem with players going out and settling things for themselves. But this is this isn't one of those situations and the league could easily take this out but they're not going to take but they're not going to take Sidney Crosby out a guy that's going for the heart trophy uh, a guy who's going to be in playoffs here pretty soon they're not going to suspend him because they it means too much to the league so guys like Crosby can get away with it forever it's they, I, I don't know I, I think the league really needs to buckle down on it
0: yeah and I don't even know if I would have expected a suspension even if they were trying to punish it but even just to fine it just to you know, have it as an incident on his record, because that does play a factor in how much guys get suspended, if they're a repeat offender or not. If he does something more egregious later on, or if he does it multiple times, then maybe the the penalty gets progressively worse. But that's one of the reasons why what you're talking about there, guys settling the score on the ice, why I really dislike this whole movement from a certain contingency of, of hockey fans to get fighting out of the game. Because I think yeah. you're, I think you need it. I don't want to see. I, I don't want to go back to you. You talked about the Ty Domi, Rob Ray days. I don't want to go back to the days where every team had one or two guys that their only job is to fight. I don't think that's good for the game. I don't like these staged fights where you know you have your enforcer, I have my enforcer. They're gonna fight at least once throughout the course of the game, regardless really of what happens. I'm not really a fan of that, but I think you do need to have it there as a recourse and if you take fighting out of the game what you're going to have is more of the more of the stick work you're going to have guys spearing or you know hard cross checks or hard slashes or whatever to get that message across And i think that's a lot more dangerous because guys don't necessarily don't necessarily see it coming or aren't able to brace themselves like they're able to in a fight where it's you know i i line up against you and the best man wins yeah that's
1: that's not neither of that's hockey you know the 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 two guys, the 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 two goons sitting on the taking up a roster on the bench, that's not ho- that's not good for hockey. And like you said, I love that you said it, Mark. Who is taking you know you got some more stick work, cross checks, slashes. That's not hockey. This is this isn't spoiled freaking kids with uh you know sla- you know throwing temper tantrums and hitting each other weapons. It's not they're not, they're not knights out there playing. Uh, you know, playing pretending to be on Game of Thrones. It's it, it's it's you got you got guys like Marcus Foligno, uh, who I think is very good at fighting this year. Actually, I, he 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 stood he uh, stood his ground and stood up for teammates a lot this year and uh, dropped the gloves and numbers at times and uh, made sure he fixed his hair while he did it too. But <laughs> um, but uh, he you know th- that's where the league should be going. I absolutely agree with you
0: yeah and I think that's the happy medium between the two like you said that both extremes are bad and uh I think if we want to get stick work out of the game you can't simultaneously try to get rid of fighting as well I think it's just impossible another example they talked about on that show was that people defended when I don't know if you remember this when Danny Briere speared Ovechkin you know Ovechkin had been physical he's playing his normal game and and Breer speared him. I don't remember people defending that. I don't. I don't remember defending that. I don't remember really getting into any arguments with people who were trying to defend it. I don't like spearing. You know, I don't care if it's our guy, our guy versus their guy, or it's their guy on our guy. Yeah. I don't think there's a place for it.
1: It's, di- it's dirty. It's
0: not yeah. hockey. Exactly. It's,
1: not hockey. it's malicious. It's you know, I'm and you and you know me. We put hockey together for how long? I didn't play the cleanest brand of hockey, um, but I was direct about it. I didn't just go up and start hitting people from behind, or you know I was in your face. And that's you know if you want to be physical, physical and aggressive, you wanna you wanna you know use your hips. You know the the thing that's driving me nuts is taking people out by the feet. That that's been my big problem. Uh, watching hockey lately. You see it all the like time. Like the slew foots and that kind yeah. of stuff? Yes, you see it all the time. You really do. And uh, it's not it, it's it's dangerous. You see guys go over their head when this happens. Uh it's such a fast game. You gotta protect the player somehow. And yes they are making lots of money and putting you know they they know the risk of getting when they're what they're getting themselves into when they're when they've been playing hockey for their whole life. So you can't tell me that, but the there the, there should there should be some uh, some adjustments made for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think figuring out what your priorities are as a league and adjusting them accordingly, and making the the punishments consistent, and yeah, we can apply this to so many areas of the NHL where the officiating isn't consistent game to game or within even a single game with the same crew. Uh, so yeah, consistency is a huge is a huge issue too. But I think uh, we've probably covered this topic about as much as as much as we could. Do you have anything else to add on it or? Nope. Nope. Okay. Um. Anything else from that Penguins game that sticks out to you? Um. It wasn't too memorable of a game for me.
1: No, it was. It was pre- It was a pretty slow game. Uh, you know. It was enough. It, there was enough to keep you interested in it. Um, you know, Reinhardt comes out and gets that uh, goal on even strength. Uh, Fashing made a pretty good pass. I thought Fashing and felino and Reinhardt were pretty good that game. Actually, uh, you know, Fashing up there is working for you know working his working for his life and playing out with uh, two pretty good players on that line. Um, I I thought felino and Fashing are. Kind of, you know, similar similar type players, and uh, I thought they both uh, worked pretty good out there. And uh, but yeah, there wasn't en- there w- there wasn't enough for the Sabers to h- stick around with the Penguins, especially after Ristolainen was taken off. I was surprised they last they played as well as they did without him on the ice against that yeah style of team.
0: Definitely, I thought that uh, Brady Austin has st- he stepped up pretty well both. You know, Within that game, he played a lot more than I think you would have expected. I think he played 17 or 18 minutes or something. I don't remember the exact number, but he played like 16 minutes last night too, which he's not playing super hard minutes or anything. But this is a guy that probably before he came up here, I would have said surely he's not going to get a contract next year. But he's looked like he's fit in. He's, He's big, he's physical, and he's a better skater than I had thought. Yeah. I think I, uh, he's he's look good. I definitely uh
1: caught a tweet of yours uh, a couple uh when he got called up. I think I I recall that uh you were, uh, oh man, Brady Austin's coming to play. Watch out. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> yeah, I think I said
0: something like uh Tim Murray's fully brought in uh bought into the tank talk or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know, um Austin has been all right. Uh plus 2 last night. Um like you said, about 16 minutes—not very hard minutes, but minutes, minutes to, to say the least. Uh, good for him, you know. If he can get a two-way contract next year, and you know, be an you know, be a emergency role type of guy like he is now, that's about all you can really expect him for. You don't, I don't think you expect him to be your seventh defenseman by any means.
0: So, no, so. no, but I think being able to come up and at least fill in serviceably he could be your you know, 10th or 11th defenseman in the organization or something and yeah you don't have to feel too too badly about that going into next year
1: yeah I absolutely agree um a player that I felt has had a pretty good week um I don't know about you it, what you think but uh, I think um Matt uh Tyler Ennis has been pretty uh pretty pretty well on those top lines um zooming around you know kind of Doing his thing, but he's been tough. And especially last night, standing up to Brian Boyle is a one-tall task. Uh, there's a big man in Brian Boyle right there and uh, a little man in Tyler Ennis. But uh, he's put he's played pretty well. He's been decent on the boards, actually. Um, I'm not going to say that he's a full-out Drew Stafford mode beast on the boards, like Brennan Height would say. But, uh, but uh, he's been... <laughs> And by no means Sabres talk fans do we think Drew Stafford is uh great on the boards. But um <laughs> just 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 sort of the an inside joke. joke. Yeah, <laughs> validation. But uh we I thought I think Ennis had a pretty good week this week. What do you think, Mark?
0: I think so too. Yeah, he had that we discussed it before the <clears throat> the pass on that goal yesterday. Um Yeah. <clears throat> and then he he fit in pretty well next to Eichel and O'Reilly and I think you're starting to see flashes of what really endeared us to Ennis in his pre-concussion days which he is feisty he doesn't back down he's not afraid to go along the boards despite his small size Uh, so it's nice to see him getting some momentum going into next year I assume he's going to be with the team next year I assume they're not going to be able to shed his contract and Ideally, you want him to be in your top nine somewhere. You want him to find a niche, with, whether it's with O'Reilly or with Eichel or with Reinhardt, to find a niche with one of those guys and to have a spot going into next year in that top nine. Because the skills he brings to the table, they are wasted on the fourth line. I don't think we want to see him on the fourth line going into next year. But there's a lot of competition for top nine spots next year. A lot of guys knocking on the door. And you saw Carrier come back yesterday and – I really, I've liked consistently what what he brings to the table. Justin Bailey, another guy that we've talked a lot about. You mentioned mentioned uh, Hudson Fashing just mm-hmm. before. He's going to be competing for a spot next year. Nick Baptiste, um, Evan Rodriguez, though he he may be at center, maybe not on the wing, but there are going to be a lot of guys competing for those spots next year. So it's nice to see him get some momentum, hopefully, going into the off season.
1: Yeah. Definitely. I just hope last the. Uh, I'm just hoping that Mike Felino and the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights are listening to this podcast, and maybe they'll just, they'll yeah, take Tyler and his contract off. You know, yeah, I'm like sure a, this is like part the of their research. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, dot Com. Uh, um, <laughs> it's been pretty good, and um, you know. Maybe uh coach Sean McDermott's checking out NFL draft dot biz So um
0: Yeah, maybe for the two thousand and eight draft. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but uh you know, it's 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 serious stuff though, Mark. Um you know, we're getting closer to this end of the season and I'm thinking, you know, a lot about the expansion draft and you gotta think that uh a guy like William Carrier would be a dream piece for uh a guy to plug in for a team, a brand new team that's building like the Golden Knights are going to be. Uh, they're uh, they're going to be, uh, you know, I, I like Carrie a lot because he's the kind of guy you know you can plug him up, plug him in really anywhere in your lineup as long as it's on, it's not a uh on the right hand side or you know so he could play the right hand side too. I I think he has maybe a couple times this year, but. uh, he he's a he's a piece that you could fit in anywhere. So I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, be selected.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's going to be exposed though. I think he's I think he's in that seven forward. So unless something changes, unless they acquire another forward, I think he's pretty safely in that protect group now. And I think Las Vegas isn't going to have a lot to choose from from the Sabers. Of there are a lot of things for us to be frustrated about, but we. One thing we don't need to be frustrated about is losing a valuable player in the expansion draft as things stand now. They're going to be looking at Josh Georges, Justin Falk, Linus Olmark, who might be the most valuable of of all the guys that we expose. but they're going to have a lot of goaltenders to choose from. Um, Mm -hmm. Nick DeLaurier, Ennis, Molson, and probably forgetting somebody else, but... There's not a whole lot of value there, and either they're going to be taking a contract off off the Sabres' hands that they want to be rid of, that they want to be rid of, or they'll take all Ol- they'll take uh, Olmark, who it has some value. I still think he's going to be an NHL goaltender, but that wouldn't be the end of the world to lose him, especially if they can get Cal Peterson under contract.
1: Yeah, Cal P- Cal Peterson's playing right now. Um, I haven't kept track of the game, but. Uh... Uh, N- Notre Dame versus uh University of Massachusetts right now uh, in the college hockey tournament that should be uh something to look out for I hope he's uh having himself a good game today
0: yeah yeah they uh they ended up coming back yesterday and beating the gophers who were up two to nothing so that was pretty big they were the four seed yeah. in that in that region and yeah I haven't followed the game either I'm trying to pull it up here so we can update our uh, update our listeners in real time yeah but yeah hopefully they can get him under under contract i did see that uh that tim murray came out and said that the, the starting job in rochester is his if yeah. and when he signs although i think what he'd be looking for he'd be hoping to get signed they did they did this with kasdorf last year brought him yep. in and then he started i don't know if he started one game or two games maybe but it it gets a year off of their entry-level deal. So the clock starts ticking faster to get to restricted free agency to get off that entry-level deal. So I think that's what Peterson would be looking for.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's something that I wouldn't be too surprised to see. Um, the game is currently tied uh, 1-1 with a minute and two seconds left in the second period right now. So okay, tight, tight game. Yeah. Um, Terry Pagula has a a big game coming up tonight too. Uh, Penn State versus Denver. That's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, it's nice to see Penn State's hockey program succeeding. So it's uh, wild
0: so, that they have become so good so quickly.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, when they when you got the when you got the facility and you got a big name like Penn State, why not? You know. Yeah. Um. But it's a. You know, Cal Peterson is uh, something that a lot of Sabres fans are very excited for, uh, it seems like, via, just by uh, seeing people's opinions at, via Twitter and listening to other people talk. And, uh, you know, Peterson's uh, been one of the best collegiate goalies in uh, this year and uh, one of the be- best prospects. I'm just not too sure. I mean, there's a... Uh, you know, like we said, we have the guy named Linus Olmark. Uh, we have a fairly young guy named Robin Leonard still that you know his contracts up this year. But um, it's nice to have all these options, even if Olmark's gone too. Um, we 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 could always uh, if we ended up letting Leonard walk and not giving him the big contract at the end of the season, we could always bring in uh, a couple other veterans on you know one or two year deals and pay him and underpay him a little bit and wait for Peterson to get to where he's ready for to play in the NHL in the next three to four years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great problem to have. And I think that needs to be your approach to goaltending. You need to have a few in your system, you know, have, have one or two at the NHL level that you believe in and have one or two in your system that you believe in and one of them will pan out at the at the very least over the long term. So, if Peterson comes in and catches the world on catches the world by fire if Murray really believes in him, maybe that will sway his decision making this year and maybe try to give Leonard just a one or two year bridge deal before making a longer term commitment. I don't know. We'll, so we'd see if Leonard would go for it or not. Uh, yeah. And then you could always trade Leonard later. Because I think he will have some value around the league. I don't know if you could get a first-round pick for him, like what the Sabers gave up for him. But uh, he'd have some some value out there. Certainly, he's had oh, yeah. a very good year.
1: Definitely. On and on, you know, you could argue that you know the Sabers have one of the weakest defense uh, lineups in the league too. So
0: yep, faced a ton of shots, a lot of high-quality shots all year yeah. really, and yeah. has performed quite well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, we had a uh, on the side note here. Not that it really matters, but I just want to bring it up. Dmitry Kulikov scores a goal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah,
0: you know. I thought he he he's handled these extra minutes pretty well. Yeah, I think I, like I I think he looked pretty decent yesterday. I think probably of the three pairings. Um, the McCabe Kulikov pairing was the weakest, but none of them were weak. You know, they didn't spend a ton of time in their own zone, and uh, I thought Kulikov looked pretty good. And getting a goal was was huge. I I think we wouldn't we didn't think we'd be having this conversation this year, yeah. with the way people talked about that acquisition.
1: Yeah, um, it's uh that the one play that kind of blew my mind was that Jake McCabe had that puck. Yeah. And the zone and he, he thought that there were offsides or something and then I don't know what was exactly going through his head, but he was holding on to the puck thinking it was gonna be a whistle if they called it for uh, delayed offsides or something, and gave uh the gave Toronto just a prime scoring chance. I, I was like, What the heck is going on in
0: your head, dude? I know who what, what was it Kulikov that came back and saved that? I know somebody I think it was. God yeah. down. I think it was Kulikov. Like, made a really nice play because that could have easily been a goal. But I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if they showed this on the MSG broadcast. I'm assuming you were watching the MSG broadcast. Yeah, yes. I was watching the the CBC, the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, and they showed a wide view from, like, up in the zone. Mm-hmm. And none of the refs had their hand up in the air. I don't know what, and there was a ref near him. I don't know what he was seeing or thinking that led him to think that it was offside. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, it, it was definitely strange to say yeah. the least. <laughs> and he lucked
0: out, and then yeah, it, it, yeah, really required a great play to to not result in a goal.
1: Yeah, Rob, you you would have been in the you've been in the Robin Leonard's bad seat. That's not not a place I'm sure anyone wants to be. It's yeah, <laughs> right there. Um, <laughs> but uh, fr- it's pretty interesting stuff coming down the. Coming down the the rest the the final lap of the the regular season, I guess you would call it. Um, the West looking pretty secure. East is getting kind of secure there. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm just ready for some playoff hockey. Mark, I'm uh, really excited. Uh, you know, who's gonna win? Who's gonna come out of the East? You know, it has to be it has to be one of the three teams in the Metro. I would assume. And uh I'm just ready to watch some good hockey.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a fun year. I'm I'm excited. You know, no matter what the Sabres do, you and I are always into it. So Yeah. It it's a lot more fun when the Sabres are in it, but it's still the best playoffs in my opinion of, of any of the sports out there, the most entertaining. Oh yeah. So Yeah, just waiting. We're down to my uh, most teams have between what, like seven and nine games left.
1: Yeah. Yep. Seven they, everyone's had seventy four or seventy five games played in the east, minus the Hurricanes who had played seventy
0: mm.
1: And in the West, uh it's all seventy four and seventy five. So we should uh it it should be pretty it should be pretty fun. I'm uh I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for the off season. I just wish that we could fast forward uh, expansion draft time and free agency right now.
0: But you know, yeah, still there's there's always that lull, that little lull there after the playoffs are over. But yeah, that'll be fun to. I, I'm really looking forward to looking at all the options and going through it and seeing the moves that teams will make. Anything that results in more trades, yeah, makes yeah, it more you, fun. You got
1: to think there will be too, because guys want to keep their players protected. They want to keep some of you know keep some of those guys maybe we see the sabers make a move for a defenseman in uh before before this expansion draft too so it should be uh i i I think it's definitely a a very well likely possibility i know you you, you heard you heard murray say we got to build up this decor because everyone's attacking him about it so Mm -hmm. it should be interesting
0: yeah and i i'd have absolutely no qualms about Leaving Bogosian exposed if they had a deal out there that they that they liked to bring in a defensive because if a team wants to relieve the Sabers of Bogosian's contract, if Vegas wants to take them, then have at it.
1: I'm celebrating if that happens. I'm going exactly. Out, I'm going out. I'm having a few few uh few uh cold ones and uh enjoy enjoying that victory because I just I can't wait for this guy to be off the team. <laughs>
0: I think it will be a while. I think yeah. even if they exposed him, I can't I just can't see Vegas wanting to bring him on. But they will be Mike, they Mike are Cole, gonna have some some trouble <laughs> they are gonna have some trouble hitting the cap floor, probably, in all likelihood. Yeah. So they're gonna have to take some bad contracts. Because nobody's gonna leave, you know, a veteran player with a nice contract exposed, a, a valuable player with a nice contract exposed. So maybe
1: they think he's you know, you know, I'm pretty sure um, Bogosian is from, you know, he's from the upstate New York. And when I say upstate yeah. New York, to listeners who want to call western New York upstate New York, forget yourself. You're sorely I, yeah. mistaken. You're sorely mistaken. Western New York and upstate New York are two different things completely. Um, so
0: he's, yeah, he's He's from up like right on the Canadian border, up f- way north of Syracuse.
1: Yep but you know maybe uh you know maybe Mike Felino's met his father before his father's a big wig for uh for um beer industry i'm pretty sure actually if if my uh sources are right and uh maybe they've met before and he's like hey you know take my son out to vegas you know you know <laughs> i i you know i could write a whole book about this it'd be it'd be <laughs> Zach Bogosian's father, let's just call him Randy Bogosian. Randy Bogosian and Mike Fellino go for a dinner date. And, we <laughs> and you know, it, it leads to all, more dinner dates and more dinner dates, and eventually Zach Bogosian is a golden knight. I mean, it's kind of like a fairy tale, but.
0: Hey, however it has to happen, can we get Matt Molson's? Maybe get Randy <laughs> Molson. Randy Molson. That would be a good name <laughs> for a beer distributor.
1: Mm-hmm. It would be. It would be, you know, maybe the beer distributor maybe uh, the beer distributors want to bring in uh molson, they can really market market that. You know
0: <laughs> <laughs> We'll see though. I'm not I'm not holding out hope that we that the Sabres are able to shed any of those three contracts, Pagosian, Molson or Ennis. But you never know. They're gonna have to do some things to hit the cap floor. Yeah. I am yep. just happy though the Sabres are in good position. They're not gonna lose a valuable player. Yeah, some teams gonna- are going to lose a good defenseman. The, the the defensemen are the hardest, I think, being able to protect only 3. It's tough.
1: Yeah. It's tough. And you know, maybe maybe we finally see that Cam Fowler uh Cam Fowler move, you know. We talked about it last podcast, but maybe you know, want to keep guy, uh keep guys there that uh been there for a little longer you know there's there's teams like anaheim and um teams have been mostly the successful teams for the last you know five to six years are going to be losing some valuable players so we'll see
0: yeah yeah it'll be fun to watch still kind of a lot of time for for things to happen so try not to draw any conclusions yet as to what teams end up doing but it's fun to fun to think about and hypothesize
1: yeah, absolutely. Um so um what do we have for uh upcoming games here, Mark? Uh, what's uh this week look like?
0: Let's see, we have I had the, the schedule up real quick. They play tomorrow, I know.
1: Oh yeah, against Florida.
0: Yeah. And then um after that they play the they play the Blue Jackets. So another back to back. This team's nice. had a lot of those and they don't play again until Sunday. So very similar structure to this week that we just had where they had they played Monday and Tuesday and didn't play again until Saturday night. This time they play Monday, Tuesday, then don't play again until Sunday afternoon. And they play the Islanders on Sunday. That that should be an important game for the playoff race. And they play yeah. another back-to-back, and they play the Maple Leafs again. And so kind of back-to-back games, figuring out that third spot in the Atlantic and the, the second wild card spot.
1: Yeah. Um it should be it should be uh pretty fun to watch, you know. That that is the Sabres' role right now. It's uh they're playing the spoiler role. It's uh something that we've been used to and uh it's always not it, it makes the games entertaining, especially when you're playing teams that you don't like like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh you know, how how you know, last year it was, you know, for football it was the Bills beating the Jets. Uh well not last year but the year before keeping the Jets out of playoffs uh you know, there, there's something to be proud of, you know, Ruin and your rival's uh, daydream. So it's something to play for, for sure.
0: That was the game where Rex Ryan went crazy too, right, when they beat yeah. the Yeah, yeah if, if you just saw Rex Ryan's sure. celebration, you'd think the Bills had just gone to the playoffs or won a playoff game.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was his last, like, cheered victory. <laughs> he just signed a deal of ESPN, if I'm not correct.
0: Oh, did he actually sign a deal with them?
1: I thought I read that, but, you know, there's so much
0: fake news out there that uh, <laughs> you never know. Let's see. Yep, they did. I think, yeah, okay, yeah, that was, like, over a week ago.
1: Yep. Well, you know, there wouldn't be no fake news about uh, Rex Ryan because, you know, Donald and Rex are, you know,
0: pretty good buds. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, when they talk about how would the world be different today if if Trump had bought the bills. Oh god! Like just all the ramifications of of him not winning that bidding process.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it'd be interesting. I don't. I saw
0: another good meme where it was uh, first Trump tried to do the best thing you could do and buy the bills. Then he did the second best thing: become president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> you put voting the bills up here, then yeah. president of the U.S. Make, right make below sense. that, you, yep.
1: you know, you have your goals. You know, if you, if you're, you fall for short of your first one, pick a new one. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So it should be uh, it should be we're we're possibly playing. You know, we're like we said, the next four games here for the Sabres are all teams that are just right inside or right outside that playoffs thing. So I'm going to say the Sabres go... I'm going to say the Sabres win at home against Florida after the big win against uh, Toronto. Then they're going to lose to the Blue Jackets. And then they're going to lose to the Islanders. And then they're going to beat the Leafs again. That's my bold prediction.
0: uh would be awesome. I don't know if I can predict them to win on either of the back ends of those... Uh those home or those uh those back-to-backs though yeah those are tough Toronto's gonna want that one too yeah, I think yeah that it's, was
1: gonna, a... it's gonna be tough but we'll, we'll see we'll see
0: I'd be pumped it's... yeah really the only game I care about is is Toronto I'm kind of more in the draft pick mode right now except beating Toronto I don't really yeah and I want the young guys to look good and everything too I don't want them to come out and lay an <laughs> egg but I'm not Complaining when they lose games.
1: No, definitely not. It's uh, it's um. You want you, you want to see the team succeed, but we want what's best for this organization and and if uh our odds get better at getting a top pick with uh, the next you know two three losses instead of two three wins, what do you root for? It's not like we haven't been rooting for this team to lose before, so it's not an unfamiliar feeling.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're definitely used to it. I would like to see Reinhardt back at center. I think that's what I want to see down the stretch here. I want to see mm-hmm. him continue to get more comfortable at center. I like him better there. Um, we had talked a little b- before the podcast about Eichel and O'Reilly playing together. I would like to see that, that combo back together. I don't think they're going to change the lines after the Toronto game because they played arguably their best game of the season, so I'm not expecting it to happen here, but – I do think that's the long-term combination. And then I (coughs) maybe would like to see Alex Nylander get a shot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't mind seeing Nylander come up, but I don't have to either. That's just where I'm at with that. I don't have to see him. I can wait.
0: Yeah, I mean, they'd have to say. I I don't want them to bring him up if they think it's an injury risk or anything like that. But it would be – Nice, to, I mean, nice to j- just for evaluation purposes.
1: Maybe April 9th, the Lightning, last game of the season. I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll want to see him there. Do I want to see him against Florida Panthers? Uh, not really. No, do I want to see him against the Blue Jackets? No, nah, not really.
0: What about the yeah. Leafs? The Leafs? No, not really. Not right now. <laughs> you got to oh, add oh, more oh. fuel to that, that rivalry.
1: Yeah, I don't want William up, 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 uh I don't want William and Al- I don't want Alexander's first game to be against his brother. And I can see the Sabres doing it just to market it <laughs> and make it like that. Like, like it's a total Sabres thing to do. But I don't. Hey, I Russ don't, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you don't sign to
0: for a- the last game of the year or something. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing strategy.
1: We'll bring Chris Pronger in for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, William Nylander has been very good for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. I think he's a very skilled player. I think Alex, Alex can be you know, just as good eventually, but uh, William's definitely one of the, the bright spots in this Toronto team that's been very successful this year. So I don't want to see... Alex come up and play against his brother for his first game. I just don't. I, like, I just think it's unadded pressure. We don't need it.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. And to step into that kind of atmosphere where I'm sure yeah. it's going to be. It always is, even it, when both teams are bad.
1: Yeah, and you don't, don't want to bring him up against the Canadians and have him line it up against Andrew Ladd for his first game ever, you know. <laughs> Uh that that I'm an Andrew Shaw, not lad. Yeah. And uh, uh the Islanders. But uh that that
0: point still stands too though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're both they're, bo- they're, yeah, they're of... both
1: about the same player. one's a little bigger and one's a little meaner. You know? But that's about yeah. it. Both good hockey players. Both guys that, you know, dirty, but I enjoy watching them play. Uh for the most part. Shaw can be a little too much sometimes. Yeah, LAD's yeah. I don't know if I'd good.
0: classify Lad is dirty. I think he, yeah. he's been pretty good at, at not crossing the line, but plays with a little bit of snarl.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to add, Mark, uh, before um, uh, we uh, call this a uh, podcast here?
0: I don't think there's really anything else we need to talk about. There's not really any new news on the coach front. It looks like they're going to go with Bilesma the rest of the year and make a decision in the off season. I think getting a couple wins this week certainly helps take the heat off him a little bit from the local media. So probably nothing for us to add on. Well, okay, on that. so
1: here now you just you just got me going. Okay, <laughs> so um, I was out having a couple, uh, you know, funny sodas over at uh, the local cantina here in Westfield, and uh, talking to a guy, and he said, "There's no way they get rid of Dan Biosma. So here's the situation. Terry Bagula, you know, billionaire, very rich man. Uh, he uh, brought in Rex Ryan to coach the 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 Buffalo Bills. And uh, after two years and uh, 25, a five-year, $25 million guaranteed contract, he let go of him. Um, Dan Bilesma, he's been here for two years, has a, a pretty similar contract to what uh, old, our old pal Rex signed. Is Terry Bagula going to want to keep on dumping all this money for guys that aren't doing him any favors anymore?
0: I mean, I don't think he's going to let the money make it uh, be the determining factor. And I think Bilesma's deal is smaller than what Rex's deal is. I, I think right. Bilesma's was about three million a year. So I think his is five years, about fifteen mil, we'll say. So the penalty there would be even less if they do let Bilesma go. And I think okay. he's under a lot of pressure now to produce a winner from one of these two products. The Sabers are probably closer to being a winner than the than the Bills are. I think we'd both agree on that. Yeah. So if if he's making decisions like that, based on what would it be 9 million dollars for bilesma i don't think that's going to be the going to be the difference
1: all right i like I, li- I like that we didn't talk about this before you know we're both on the on the same page now with uh getting a new coach here and uh just you know it's kind of a double edged sword though still either way you look at it it's you know, oh man i paid these guys to come do this and i have to get rid of them both in the same year you know It just, it's, 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 I'm sure it's a little frustrating for them, but you know, when your pockets are that deep and that this was my argument over at the cantina, um, that uh, when your pockets are that deep and like you said, it's only nine mil, I think uh, Pagula can uh, definitely afford it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's something that they're going to want to keep doing. Like, I don't think they'd feel good doing it regardless of how much money you have. You don't. As a businessman, he's not going to want to, he doesn't want to lose money, but he also understands sunk costs, especially in his industry. Say, if you start, if he starts digging for oil somewhere, regardless of how much he's already put into that or how much it's going to cost him to get out of what he already started, if he's not going to get what he's looking for, if he's not going to get oil out of that field, he needs to cut his losses, take the losses he needs to, and move on to the next project. And that's how he is. He's had to operate his whole life, and you need, you need to do the same thing when you're talking about coaches. Yeah, the the money that you've spent, basically that fifteen million dollars that they spent on Dan Biles, that's a sunk cost. They've spent it either way. So if you think this guy isn't getting us a championship, isn't the guy that needs to or that's going to get us where we need to go, that's gone. You know, we need to write it off, and we need to to, to do what we need to do to. to uh, To get what we need, or to get the coach that we need to take us there. So I think that's how he'd approach it. He wouldn't feel good doing it, but I don't think it's going to be a determining factor.
1: Okay, well, we just got uh, Economics 101 with Mark Geis, and actually, this is not a joke, guys. Mark uh, does um, some some, uh, economic stuff and just stuff about. uh, you know the world we live in today. It's on uh, markgeist.wordpress.com. Uh, it's called the Mark Geist Show. You can find the Saber Talk uh, Saber Talk podcast right on um, markgeist.wordpress.com as well. But uh, check out the Mark Geist Show. Some really good information in there for you. Um, I, I, if you're uh, interested in that kind of stuff, you don't want. This is definitely something you want to
0: check out. Yeah, Thanks for the, uh, for the recommendation, Josh. Yeah. We try to keep the two separate on the, on the website, but they do get commingled together on the main page, but then they each have separate pages, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think you can apply a lot of the things that you talk about in, in everyday life, uh, whether it's politics or economics or whatever, you can apply it to the sports world. One of the reasons why I love talking about sports and trying to, trying to approach it from those kind of, you know those kind of perspectives. So, thank you for the right. recommendation.
1: No problem. And if you ever just want to you know, stop by my place and talk about the Grateful Dead or something, we can do that too. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know, you know, there's a, there, we bo- we both have our uh, own uh, skill sets to talk about here. So
0: <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, hey, that's that, that's why you've got friends, right? We've all got our we've all got our areas that we specialize in and you can always learn something from anybody. There's always somebody that knows something about a topic than you do.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why this world is so beautiful. But uh, thank you guys for uh, checking out the podcast here today. Uh, it was fun talking to you, Mark. And uh, we got, uh, we'll got we try to get together next Sunday again if uh, that works out for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that should work out great for me. And, yep, thanks for, thanks for making this work, Josh, and always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, yeah, buddy. Go Sabres. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone.
1: Bye-bye.